0: You're listening to Donscast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name's Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, before this game, we're playing the reigning Premiers, we asked for effort. How did you rate our performance on the night?
1: Look mate, I think we actually got that. I was pretty happy with um, the effort we showed through all four quarters. I mean, yes, our ball use was terrible, our ability to get through their press was it was awful we just couldn't do it um which resulted in us not getting many forward 50s but I thought the application to the contest was actually really good so for mine, I was actually quite happy with the effort that the boys put out there how about yourself mate how did you how'd you read it
0: yeah so it wasn't effort based but you know I think the most damning stats are you know obviously the inside 50 you know to lose that by 43 that's massive, you know. To think that they have, they're have having an extra, on average, 10 or 11 more entries every quarter is, uh, you know, of course we're going to break at some point. And I think we can put the uh, half glass full on, you know, considering we kicked those last three goals because at one stage uh, the Tigers were out by five goals with about five minutes to go and we got those three late goals that gave us a bit of respectability... But I think every Essendon fan probably knows that you know, they had our measure and you know we'll talk about those ridiculous flops that the Tigers did, but regardless of those, it uh, seemed to be a game Richmond always had in their uh, hands. Uh, although I would have loved to have seen what would have happened if the tipper goal had been allowed when we got that two-goal break, it would have been interesting to see if we really... Um, Gained momentum from that, uh, but it's a thing we'll never know. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And you're right there, like, you know, really
1: watching the game, it felt like we should have been beaten by sort of five to ten goals, if I'm completely honest. Uh, and that's not knocking our, uh, our effort around the ball again. Like I, I was actually pretty happy with our effort and application of the contest, but we were just outclassed all over the ground. Uh, Richmond's ability to set up. Get behind the ball, uh, get the extra number around the contest, so they could, um, you know, get the ball going their way. Was uh, by far and away far better than ours. Um, So and that inside fifty count, you know, like twenty four is all we got for the whole game. So the fact we got as many scoring shots as we did um, is uh, is is pretty good, really. Um, Just disappointing we didn't get in there enough. Uh, and you know, obviously Richmond uh, was sixty-six in the end, which is a massive boosts for them. Like I mean, they average around that sort of forty-six um, kind of mark uh, per game. So we just let them get the ball too easily and and score too frequently. We were lucky that they didn't um, make the most of their opportunities. And if you look at the efficiency inside fifty numbers, like we were fifty-four point two percent from very limited opportunity. Uh, the Tigers, on the other hand, 37.9. So that just shows the pressure of our backs. They really stood up again today. It's the story of the season. Our backs have just done such a mountain of work. And um, they really hampered uh, Richmond's ability to uh, make full use of their use um, inside 50. So good on them. But really, it just shows our lack in structures around the ground, so particularly in the midfield and and the wings, where Richmond were just able to sort of get the ball too freely. In terms of other um, statistics, uh, so they had more centre clearances than us, you know, 15 to our 9. On the other hand, though, we actually did quite well on the stoppages. So we had 21 to their 12, so uh, we sort of won that battle there. Um, contested possessions, they, they sort of killed us, uh, you know, 33 30 extra to them so 96 to us 129 to the tigers uncontested we had slightly more um but uh you know apart from that most other stats were fairly even um you know across the match except the one thing that obviously stands out to everyone tackles inside 50 we had zero for the game uh which is really disappointing uh, whereas richmond had had 10 so uh, that was disappointing, but what, what I did like is, you know, we did have, a, like, there was good effort across the ground, so in terms of the one percenters, we recorded as having 42 to Richmond's 31, so we, we didn't lack application to the contest, which is good, however it still remains that our game plan and ability to structure around the ground uh, is deficient, so that's something we really need to work on, but at least we were sort of happy with um, you know how the boys came out to play.
0: Yeah, it's really baffling that we had zero uh, forward 50 tackles because you think of players up there, you know, I'm thinking of AMT, Mozzie who had a great debut, Um, you know, even Snelling can uh, be a tackler. I'm really surprised we weren't able to get one, but I think that says more about Richmond's setup and they always seem to have a bit more space than we did when when they had the ball. And the other thing I've found is and it can kind of continued as the season's going on. Our handball, our handball happy brand, um, I think it's sometimes predictable, and we seem to be handballing to put ourselves under pressure. I know, um, Blake Caracella has brought that into the to the, to the club, and uh, Warsfold said after the presser, um, which I found a bit strange, he compared us to. Uh, sides like West Coast who won the flag in two thousand eleven, uh, sorry two thousand and um, he he was mentioning about how West Coast had started that, how um, Collingwood had started this, and Geelong back before two thousand and six had done that, and that's fine, John. But those clubs actually went on and won grand finals, and um, you know to put us in that echelon, we haven't really done anything to justify that. Um, and what have you done for the last three years before this new game plan's come in? Um, have we just chopped and changed then? So, um, yeah, I found out a strange comment by him, but uh, I thought it was one of his better presses after the game. Uh, usually rolls out the old, I didn't see it. And when they asked him about the uh, uh, Jake Stringer push on Grimes, uh, he was quite forthright on that and, Said, well, it must have been really extreme if they're going to overturn it. So, kind of put the pressure back onto the umpires. And, you know, I was waiting for the old, oh, I didn't see that. But, um, yeah, that never came.
1: Yeah, like going back to the handball game, James, like there was a, a few bits of play where it actually looked really good, where we were able to sort of handball around uh, to get the ball out of that congestion uh, to get it finally going our way. But as you say, like we're a bit sort of handball happy. Like there were instances, um, you know, in the forward line, <laughs> those rare occasions where we had the footy, where instead of you know just slamming it on the boot and having a shot at goal, we were sort of handballing over our heads, almost directly to to Richmond's players, which was um, disappointing. So I think for mine, it looks like we are learning that uh, brand of footy to use the handballs to get out of out of trouble sort of thing. Uh, But I guess we're sort of overusing it and basically going back into trouble. Um, But it was promising to see where we were able to link up and use that bit of play um, to our advantage. It was good, so hopefully we'll continue to uh, develop on that. Uh, So, uh, yeah, that was uh, sort of good to see. Uh, And in terms of the honesty around the club with um, Worsfold, like I even watched the, uh, you know, From the Coach Uh, sort of video he he put out and I thought like again that was probably one of his best ones for the year uh, as he seemed to actually provide honest answers to um, you know how the the coaches were looking at at the game plan and and everything like that and how Richmond were able to get on top of us uh, throughout the the whole game I thought it was um, a pretty good one so to me it looks like the club's actually taken on board uh, I mean, everyone was um, on them after last week's debacle against St Kilda where we just got smashed from pillar to post. You know, you had blokes like Mark Robinson having a go, Julian DeStoop, Stoop. Uh, you know, everyone just saying, you know, what what is going on down at Bomberland? And uh, hopefully that has uh, gone up to, you know, the the CEO and, and president to say, you know, the, the Bomber faithful aren't happy um, we've put up with with this stuff long enough, and it looks like, you know, through, through John's messaging, and, and even the, the way we played on the night, it looks like that message has gone through, um, that we just expect a harder brand of footy, and, um, yeah, I mean, like, who knows what's going on internally, at the club, like there's some some whispers um, that uh, you know the incoming president is starting to set some systems in place to really uh, strengthen our our brand and character um, around the club. Uh, so let's hope this is true because uh, we've been a very mediocre club for a long time, and it'd
0: be good to see some backbone in there again. Definitely. All right, well, let's uh, go through the game and start in the first quarter, of course, and um, what grabbed your eye early? Look, mate, uh, that Lynch
1: push on Ridley, you know, he, he, he literally just put his hand right into his back and just pushed him out of the way to take that mark. Um, so, and that was fine, uh, apparently. So, goal to them. But then, I guess we really saw... Um, You know, Francis not only was giving up size against Lynch, but I think, uh, you know, he's not used to playing that key defender role. And he lost contact with Lynch early. um, And there was one bit of play where he lost contact and just sort of watched as Lynch took the mark. Uh, So luckily Lynch missed that shot uh, because, you know, Francis really looked... Sort of second rate in that contest. Like he's, he's still a, a good player, Francis. Um, but he, if we can want him to play a, a key key defender role, he's really gonna have to develop on that because he's. Uh, while he can read the play as a uh, that sort of third man up option, I thought his ability to to stick on Lynch uh, was deficient and definitely needs working on. Yeah, well, uh, he's giving up. Really,
0: oh, sorry, no. I was gonna say he's giving up a lot of height um, to play on him. And I did like there was one player with Francis where he the ball dropped uh before the players could get there and he actually backed himself, uh ran at pace and this may have been when he done his hamstring, um and yeah took the game on took the ball and and then attacked through the corridor, um I thought that was good by him but uh, yeah we didn't see much of him after that.
1: Nah, and that's what we love about Francis like he he does he's a he's your actual, um old school. You know, footy player. Like he's he's never going to be an athlete, um, but he just reads the ball so well, reads the play so well, and that's what we love to see when he does back himself to actually go on those runs. And he's a, he's a pretty bloody good kick as well. So um, yeah, that was a uh, definitely a good play there. But really, the the Tigers had the woodiness uh, from very early on. But the one thing I liked about it is we didn't shy away from the contest. Um, you know, there was one play there where Markov was flying towards goal, like he'd taken a couple of bounces, but Ham sort of continued to chase him uh, and made him uh, sort of rush his kick a bit because that goal would have brought the house down. Uh, But by Ham sort of chasing and putting that perceived pressure on, that made him sort of rush his kick a bit. So I thought that was pretty good play. But um, look, then then there was that um, ridiculous... Uh, 50 paid on Bell Chambers. I mean, you know, Bell Chambers is watching the ball. Uh, he's got his eyes on that. Um, and as it's coming towards, uh, you know, the ground, not unbeknownst to him, the ball's gone sort of out of the field of play and he sort of punched it uh, to make sure. But the like there was a 50 metre paid for, you know, time wasting, ostensibly. But you know, when these guys are used to playing on, you know, the MCG or you know, Eddie or whatever it is, and then you're playing at TIO Stadium, which is more of a sort of suburban footy ground, really. Um, I'm not sure you can expect someone to know exactly where the the paint is around the park, and to even know that the ball had gone out of bounds in the first place.
0: Yeah, I found that funny because um, Stevic was so keen to pay that fifty. And at one point he had to be directed to the boundary umpire and he said, that was out, wasn't it? Like, you know, I'm thinking if you're going to call 50, you'd want to be sure it was out. And the fact that he even had to ask the boundary umpire, it was just like, you know, it was his moment moment to shine. Um, That's the way it looked anyway. But thankfully the footy gods looked after us on that one and it brought up another miss.
1: Yeah. Um, Other good signs I saw in that quarter... Was um, Redman? He looked to be moving much better around the ground, uh, and there was some great work by him. Where you know, like he got sort of pushed under the ball by Rewalt, who read it better, and uh, the ball sort of popped over the top. Rewalt was going to run away with it, but Redman uh, sort of whipped around uh, and then smashed into Rewalt to make him really earn that footy, uh, which I thought was was fantastic. And then you know, after that, we finally got a good ball inside 50. Uh, to Mozzie and that was an absolute fingertipper of a mark um, you know he's got fantastic hands a kid and what a beautiful straight kick to get our first of the match and yeah it was it's just great to see Mozzie get on the scoreboard early because uh, we just know how much promise he's got
0: yeah the crowd loved it too and uh, Mozzie did as well but um yeah it was good to see him you know get those nerves out by kicking a an early goal and he looks like he's going to be a player that's going to bring a lot of excitement to Bomber fans.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I suppose later in that quarter, I just love that kick by Parrish uh, on the half-back line that went inside the corridor. It really opened the game up, and Shield got it in the end. Who burst forward, kicked it to Tipper, who took a courageous mark. Like he was going back with a flight of the ball, never took his eyes off it, which was just fantastic. And look, another bit of, I liked about that play was, you know, he's, He's gone back with a flight of the ball, taking the mark, uh, and then he got hit by Grimes, who was just basically blocking him right there. And I just loved how Stringer got into his face, and, and so did Pidge McGrath. And uh, I just loved it because it's about time we had some players that play for the jumper say, you know, you're not going to walk all over us. We're going to sort of stick up to you. So I thought that was a uh, a good bit of play there. And um, yeah, that sort of wrapped me up for the first quarter. Did you notice anything else, James?
0: No, just uh, I was just thankful that the Tigers hadn't kicked straight because what was this quarter time score, mate? Just off memory, I think they'd kicked six or seven points. Is that right? Yeah,
1: that's it. So, like we only like they dominated, but they were only one goal five to our one goal one, so only the four point lead to them at quarter time. So I think they were very lucky in regards to that.
0: Yeah, just it was kind of like a a precursor to how the game was going to go. The the ball spent so much time in the Richmond forward line. Um, you know, it was a rarity to see it up in the Don's way and um, like I said, we got that Mozzie goal which was yeah, exciting just to see a the player on debut kick a goal and he's got that infectious smile that um was really, you know, lapped up by the fans and also the team. But um apart from that there wasn't much joy in that quarter. Nah, but
1: as you say, like we finished it only the four points down, so um, yeah, lucky to be in that position. Uh, and then going into the second, um, again, like Redmond really stepped up that quarter. Uh, so he was, you know, tackling really hard, laying plenty of hard bumps, and it was just great to see. And he seemed to uh, really have his confidence back again, which was uh, which was fantastic. Uh, and then later on, look, I've got to tell you, James, when Dylan Clark got that free inside 50, I I had zero confidence he was going to kick it. Oh, I was hoping he was going to pass it off. But look, he backed himself, kicked it, and we'd actually hit the front, um, which was pretty amazing after, uh, you know, Richmond dominating the whole game until then.
0: Yeah, and that was Clark's first goal for the club too. So, yeah, and I was the same, mate. I I didn't back him in, but it was great to see him steer it through.
1: Mm, uh, not long after that, though, that's where we sort of lost Francis, and and that was a a massive shame to lose him to that Hammy. Um, Worsfold indicated that it was just awareness that he had in the Hammy, so it might not be as bad as we might think. Uh, because I'd, I'd certainly hate to lose him uh, for the remainder of the season. Uh, I think we need like him along with a lot of other young bombers. We just need to pump games into him into uh, to get a lot more experience. Um but look, you know, guys stood up, you know, in Francis's absence. I thought Guelfi actually played um you know, not outstanding but uh sort of fairly solid down back. Like he, he laid a massive spoil uh down back there, which was just fantastic to see. Uh but then mate there was that uh bit of play and how bloody electric was it when Mozzie had that pick up and run uh, where he took a bounce and then steadied to, to kick a
0: great goal. It was just a fantastic bit of play. Oh, I was fist-pumping in, in the lounge room, that one. It was uh, brilliant. and yeah, you know, he, He's just got that turn of pace that just, you know, he's, he tore off from the pack and just ran through. And then I was a little bit worried as he was uh, steadying for a kick. He seemed to be going wider to the boundary, but because he's a left-footer, uh he steered it through be- beautifully and um it was a really great moment
1: there yeah, and uh yeah, looking forward to many more of those in the future uh but then not long after that's where there was that bit of controversy where uh, like ham kicked it beautifully inside fifty uh and it fell to Tipper who kicked it through, but that was not allowed as they they paid a really weak push in the back by a stringer that's where buddy grimes uh dove and You know, probably won gold medal for his performance there. Uh, It was just absolute pox. And, uh, yeah, definitely the the umpires have have no sort of aptitude when it comes to reading the crowd and everything because they were on their feet everyone was loving it. And certainly for for something like that to be ripped away because of what was a really poxy free kick uh, was bloody disappointing. And that's where we, unfortunately, it turned into a... um, you know, you know, really a, a three-goal sort of turnaround where not only were we not paid that one, uh, but then we coughed up a couple of late goals to Richmond to end the half.
0: Yeah, that was um, unbelievable that that was overturned. Um, you know, Grimes, you yeah, know, totally dove. Uh, you yeah, know, you can see that very easily. Um, and Grimes has got history on this. You know, it was only last year in the finals he was fined for doing something similar. So this again shows the... AFL's, uh, or the umpire's knowledge, isn't that great? Because serial offenders like this, uh, I think it's, he's already had two instances where he's died in the past. Um, you know, I just think it's, it was really poor because we had a chance to go up by 11 points, I think at the time. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, as you said, that uh, went up the other end and a couple of goals to Richmond and we found ourselves, you know, really battling to stay in the half.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, fortunately, we had played uh, fairly well in that quarter, uh, and again, Richmond hadn't taken their opportunity, so we were only seven points down at half Uh and then going to the third, uh, it just really turned into a um, sort of ludicrous uh, game where you just saw how much Richmond got looked after. Yeah, there was that. Free kick to to Rewalt that was just so bloody soft you know the start of that third quarter there and then you know they got another after Dev Smith like he smashed into Rewalt but it was it was fair but you know that was uh, that was paid as well but fortunately our boys kept kept going strong and I loved how McGrath just sort of willed his way forward so there was a bit of play sort of on the wing there where he got the ball ran inside um, and took a bounce or two to uh, then kick it to Stewart, you know, just outside out of the goal square there. That was a really good bit of play. And then, like not long after, that kick from Zeret to Snelling was absolutely mint. You could not have hit that any better. And it was basically at a right angle where he sort of whipped it around his body, and it was just fantastic. Uh, so great vision by Zeret there, and yeah, Snelling kicked a much-needed
0: goal there. Yeah, uh, Zach Merritt was brilliant on the night, I thought. Um, his, his kicks didn't always hit the target, but what he did well was he took the game on, started to have a few bounces, and then I thought even though he may have missed a couple of kicks when he's tried to go inside, at least he's tried to, you know, get us to attack rather than going down the safety of the boundary line, which has become a bit of a bugbear of ours. So, yeah, I thought Zach Merritt was brilliant, and that passed the Snelling you're quite right. It was just perfect. And, uh, you yeah, know, Snelling, he doesn't usually miss, and he didn't on that occasion.
1: Mm. Um, later on in the quarter, there was that massive grab from Stewart, uh, you know, just outside of the goal square there. And he kicked the goal too, which is just brilliant. And then not long after... Uh, there was that brilliant tackle from Mozzie on Noel Bolter. Now Bolter's a a big lad, and you know Mozzie's only a, a sort of smaller bloke, and to bring him to ground was just fantastic. It's just a shame we we coughed it up. Now uh, we kept sort of fumbling and handballing blindly. That was that bit of play in our forward 50 where, you know, Clark had the ball, and he sort of we, instead of having a shot, uh, he sort of weirdly. Went to pass it to to Tipper with the hands, and Tipper had two blokes on him. He was never going to get that footy. Uh, and then Langford got the footy instead of having a shot. He sort of just passed it over his shoulders like with a bland blind handball, and went to straight to a Richmond player. So that was really disappointing. And you know, at the end of of that, uh, you know, that's where Richmond started to sort of take hold of us, uh, and they held a fifteen point lead. Going into three quarter time.
0: Yeah, I was very frustrated at that point because, as I said, we worked so hard every time we got it into our forward line, and that was one where um and and I've got to be saying that Langford, I thought he was good. He he's had good hands on the night and all. It was just one bad moment where he's just handballed directly to a Richmond player, and it was just frustrating to watch all that hard work uh, be undone. By Richmond taking the ball way up the other end, um
1: but yeah, going into the fourth quarter, you know, after having a goal stolen from him earlier in the match, it was great to see Tipper kick that goal to drag the lead back to nine points. I thought that was uh sort of really important, uh, but I got sort of frustrated again because you know Redmond was taken high from a tackle by Rioli, and you know Rioli didn't even properly tackle Redmond. Uh, he sort of just uh, hit him, and the ball, uh, you know, dropped out. But that was that was called holding the ball by the umpires, um, and he so he missed the shot, which was which was good. But uh, you know, then as the ball sort of sailed across the face of goal, Ridley was taken to ground without the footy, uh, and still nothing to us. Uh, so that was frustrating. But you know, Jordan Ridley was absolutely outstanding that quarter. There were so many second and third efforts from him. And then there was that great, great kick forward. Uh, and then another great punch right in front of Martin's face. He was just everywhere. He'd been you know, intercept marking all night. He's just an absolute jet. And it was just a shame because, like, while... Um, look, don't get me wrong. Richmond dominated the whole night. They deserved to win that match. They were simply, simply um, too classy for us. All over the ground and through all four quarters of the match. However, the umpiring decisions that allowed them to sort of break away from us when we were pretty close, like that nine points uh, I sort of mentioned before, and then there was that fifty metres paid on Tom Bell Chambers. You know, Bell Chambers was sort of, you know, trying to get to the ball, uh, and then it was sort of marked by the Richmond player, and you know, Bell Chambers hand sort of brushed the Richmond player's shoulders, and that was called 50 straight away. It was almost before he'd even marked it. It didn't affect him whatsoever. And, you know, you look at a bloke like Tom Chambers. he's not the ad- most agile bloke in the world. If he's running, it's going to take him a long bit of runway before he can stop. Um, but somehow he was supposed to, you know, not try to punch the footy. Um, and that's, again, another one from Stevik, where he's just decided to... You know, pick Bell Chambers as his bunny and pay another fifty on him, and you know, for them to—it uh, was Vlaston, that's right. Um, yeah, so Vlaston uh, had a shot at goal and kicked it. And, yeah, I think those things really take the wind out of out of our sails when that happens. And it was just really disappointing because it had been, uh, I would say, a fairly good contest up until that point, and to have the game sort of ripped out of our hands by uh, some dubious umpiring decisions again like richmond were better than us on the night i'm not disputing that at all uh, i'm just disputing the uh, leg- legitimacy of these sort of umpiring decisions uh, which i found really disappointing
0: yeah that's right and they've lost and really put a bit of mayo on that and you know whipping his head back like it you know he's about to be decapitated but um you know unfortunately uh the umpire fell for it and Stevick, he loves to give it to the Bombers, it seems, and he, he certainly did that again. And, uh, you know, them was good enough to kick the goal. But, um, you know, they just seemed to get goals uh, whenever we were making a play on them, like in terms of, you know, we talked about that tip of one that was taken off him, and then that period of play where the game was only nine points. that They'd always get that iffy free kick that would result in a goal, and... That's frustrating as a supporter to watch. But, yeah, yeah. when we're honest, um, the Tigers are a far superior side to us currently. Um, and, you know, you know, I guess the thing that upset me a lot was uh, the inability of us to even uh, wonder whether we should put a body on Duster Martin because the amount of times this bloke has chopped us up it's unbelievable. I think he's got 16 Brownlow votes uh, prior to this game in the last five. Uh, or five or six, sorry. So, you know I mean? Like in six games I think he's got almost every time either three votes or two. And um, it's pretty pretty um, damning that the club, or the strategy isn't to stop their best playmaker. And yeah, he's a, he's a hard man to match up so I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah, the amount of times we just let him get the ball on his own will was, yeah, again, very frustrating.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we were sort of chatting before, Jamie, and you sort of said, look, our our midfield and our team really, uh, to be honest, isn't good enough to let these guys have their own way of the footy and not put a man on him. Um, you know, we're not good enough to go head-to-head with these guys uh, if we're sort of quite honest. Like, they're, they're sort of... We've got a decent uh, midfield as a unit, but one-on-one against beasts like you know Martin and that kind of thing, we really should be putting a body on them to stifle their influence. Uh, so it's sort of disappointing we haven't done that. Uh, but yeah, look, uh, we'll um, we'll see how we go in the future. But um, yeah, look um at the end of the end of the game lost by the two goals as you say Jane, we've got those those three goals at the end there to put a bit of respectability on the board um like Tipper got another nice goal at the end there uh, which was good to see uh but um yeah really um actually one more thing i want to sort of um note on like in regards to Dustin Martin he like, he's such a powerful player I just found it a bit disappointing. There were some Essendon players that uh, almost didn't want to go on him when he was running with a footy. Uh, There was a moment in particular where Marty Gleeson was, I suppose, just keeping Dustin Martin um, against the boundary, like he was sort of running with him, but not pressuring him going those couple of metres forward to actually uh, sort of pressure him or tackle him off the footy. So Dustin Martin just sort of Took it another few metres before kicking, and I found that a bit disappointing because it's, I, I sort of don't understand why you wouldn't at least try to uh, to tackle him if he's, uh, you know, if he does have the footy. Uh, so, standing off, it just seemed like we were playing a bit sort of wary of him. But um, yeah, at the end, yeah, like any more uh, sort of you had to note on that game, Jane?
0: I was just the, um, you know, It was good to see Jake Stringer back out there. Like, obviously he was underdone and, you know, probably playing up in Darwin in your first game back probably isn't ideal. Um, I certainly noticed he was chasing hard when he could, uh, but he really had no impact on the game apart from him being paid a free kick against, um, which was pretty influential. But uh, he did kick a nice goal at the end. But I think he'll be better for the run for next week and, You know, probably the other thing that made me wonder was, you know, is Bell Chambers' time at the club up, uh, considering how well Draper played. And, um, yeah, we're basically seeing Bell Chambers not being able to produce much else unless he's the main ruckman. And, yeah, I think as this season expires, I think uh, we should be pumping as much game time in the ruck to Sammy Draper and... That might spell the end for Tom Pell Chambers.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, going back to the temperature of the game, Jamie, I think that's a really good point that I neglected to sort of mention. Like it was 29 degrees up there, uh, and we know it's hot and sticky up in Darwin. And so I think um, it, what was promising to see was we were able to run out the game. I did uh, sort of have, I suppose, a few worries that you know guys would get too tired too early. Um, and perhaps we're beneficiaries of you know the 16 minute quarters uh, with regard to uh, to the game but um yeah certainly i reckon it'd take a lot out of the players um you know they were sort of saying pre-game, it's not uncommon for blokes in these conditions to to lose a couple of kegs of uh you know sort of fluids during the course of the game because you know not only are you running hard but you're running hard in uh sort of quite high temperatures and humidity so um thought that was good but as you say with with Bell Chambers, you know you can't play him as your second ruck uh, for mine. If you're going to play Bell Chambers, he has to be the number one uh, because he doesn't give you much around the ground. So I'll, personally, I would have preferred to see a uh, you know maybe a duo of Draper and Phillips. Um, you know while Phillips isn't, uh, uh, I suppose the the number one ruck, what he can do is get around the ground and uh, he would certainly give us a lot more than uh, what Bell Chambers was able to do on the game. Not having a crack at Bell Chambers there, um, you know, I think he actually tried pretty hard throughout the night. He was unlucky with a few calls that sort of went against him, um, but certainly uh, he, his body doesn't lend him to be agile enough, and he certainly isn't uh, sort of fit enough to, to get it around the ground um, that much. So really... Uh, Draper battled manfully all night um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I just don't see a, a one-two combo with, with battle chambers and Draper working unfortunately
0: no all right mate well uh, that's the uh, wrap up of the show we'll go with the next uh, break and we'll come back with the Don's cast medal vote. Into the Don's cast, and as we uh, come back with our Donscast medal votes, uh, mate, we always start with you. Who were your votes? Yeah, mate. Um, so
1: for the one vote, I had to go with Irving Mosquito. Uh, I mean, while he didn't have huge numbers, uh, I thought his two goals were uh, was sensational and really gave us a bit of zip around the the ball, a bit of energy around the club, which was uh, fantastic. Uh, Had the eight disposals in the end, uh, five of those kicks and three handballs. Laid a couple of tackles, but I definitely saw throughout the game he, like there were a few moments where, like there was one on the wing there where he tackled one bloke and then affected the contest of the next one and then got up and tried to tackle another. I thought that was just great to see that he just wants to play footy. Um, I think he still is a bit underdone in terms of fitness, but, um, you know, with no VFL... And with the scratches being a sort of limited version of, of footy, I think it's really important we uh, persist with Irving and, uh, you know, getting as much, much game time as we can. Uh, he actually got a clearance as well, the young bloke, and had uh, 174 metres gained. So I thought, you know, for a young bloke coming into the side for his first game, that was uh, really good. And I thought, nah, deserved a vote for his efforts. Um, for the two votes, I've gone Devin Smith. Uh look, you know, while he might not have been as uh, sort of influential and didn't have the huge tackle numbers we've sort of known from him in the past, I thought he presented plenty of options uh, for us. And certainly along the wing there, uh, you know, he always uh, got there to provide that extra number around the footy. Had the 27 disposals in the end, 15 of those kicks. Uh, two tackles, got a clearance, uh, but 450 met, pardon me, 458 metres gained, I thought was really uh, promising by Dev, and he looked to move a lot more freely than he has in games gone past this year, so that was really promising to see, so the two votes for him. Uh, Darcy Parrish, I thought, was outstanding, uh, playing a bit more in the midfield this game, had the 23 disposals, uh, 17 of those handballs, mind you, Uh, but look, he was, his hands under his knees, we've We've noted it um, numerous times throughout this year, but they are just lightning. He is so clean. He's a one-touch player, which is just fantastic. He had nine clearances on the night, Jane, and when he was getting the ball in and under, that quick handball out to someone who could run through, that's what we brought Darcy Parrish into the side for, and he's um, he did that really well, I thought, on the night. Um, 206 metres gained in the end, so not only was he getting in nice and tight, he was trying to get it forward for us as well. Uh, Later tackle, and I thought I um, I had a goal assist as well, so that was uh, really promising. So, yeah, I thought deserved of the uh, three votes for mine. Four votes have gone Jordan Ridley, I thought. Another outstanding game in defence from him. Uh, 16 disposals, but eight marks, and many of those intercept marks down back. He's just a rock down there. Structures it up so well, and it's all those um, things that you don't get a stat for, like the the punches uh, to the like to get the ball out, or even uh, he's starting to sort of be really smart in terms of uh, almost outbodying his opponents, like not not by strength, but just the positioning of his body to be to give him the chance to be first at it, uh, which is really. Promising, Uh, 286 metres gained. Again, his kicking is uh, just elite. So uh, another fantastic game from Jordan Ridley. But for the 5 votes, he couldn't go past Zachy Merritt. Had the 34 touches, 19 of those kicks, which is great. Had 8 marks himself, which is fantastic to see. 3 tackles, 5 clearances, 2 goal assists, and 517 metres gained. Uh, Just an absolutely outstanding game. Kicked a goal himself. Uh, So, a fantastic game from from Zach Merritt. How about yourself, mate? Who would you have?
0: Yeah, I went uh, one vote to Sam Draper. I thought he was really good in the ruck. Um, You know, I thought he beat Soldo, and uh, he was important. He took a number of key marks and positioned himself around that centre-half back spot and prevented a lot of uh, the Richmond entries. So yeah, I thought he played very well. I gave two votes to Darcy Parrish, um, like, as mentioned, so good below his knees, the way that he can pick up the ball, there was an instance, I remember, where the ball was handballed to him, um, and, yeah, it was basically at his feet, and instead of the play being interrupted, he just calmly picked it up and got it forward to us, and I think it resulted in a goal, and you know, it was just really important for him to hold, you know, to, get, to collect that ball. And it was no easy task, so that was good. I gave three votes to uh, Andy McGrath. I thought he was really, you know, he's been trying so hard. And, you know, I like when he gets open, he's starting to back himself. He's starting to take a bit of a run. But it's more his defensive actions, I think. He, you know, there's a lot of stuff he does off the ball that might not be... That evident uh, to the fan who's just watching, you know, the kicks and marks, but just watching his positioning, I think he is uh, becoming a real... Uh, learning his craft in that centre square area, and um, he's going to be a, a really good midfielder for us. Uh, the four votes I gave to Jordan Ridley, uh, his intercept marking was great. Uh, he's a great reader of the play, and, um, yeah, he's been such an important player. And uh, one, that, you know, I think we're going to get a lot of joy out of watching as well. Um, you know, he's, he's lean in terms of his body size, but just so smart, both with the ball and also um, positioning himself. Uh, and but the five odes, I think it was pretty clear. Zach Merritt was brilliant on the night. Uh, won a lot of the footy as they set up some goals. He. Um, kicked that last quarter goal um, shouldn't be really forgotten because it was a really classy finish and uh, they mentioned in the commentary and I, and I agree I think we've only got three goals out of McGrath um, Sheil, and Merritt for the season and that's one area that the Bombers are going to have to improve on um, getting goals out of our midfield but um, yeah, I thought that was a really classy goal he kicked and as said, thirty-four position, thirty-four possession, sorry, um, and five hundred plus meters gain. Uh, yeah, he had a good game, and I gave him the five. But what about you, mate? Uh, can you give us the update of the totals? Absolutely, mate. So if
1: I go for our totals, so we've got one vote each to Cutler and Mosquito, two to McKernan, three each to Townsend, Stewart, Laverde, Bell Chambers, and Hooker. Five to Phillips, six to Zaharakis, seven to Draper and Hurley, nine to Stringer, 13 each to Smith and Langford, 14 to Parrish, 37 to Dylan Scheel, 53 each to Merritt and Sard, 58 to McGrath, and Jordan Ridley out in front with 66 votes for the Don's Cast medal.
0: Mm, he's doing very well, isn't he, Jordan? Uh and uh, Zach Merritt's really found some form, hasn't he? He's uh, you know, the last four games in particular he's really starting to you know, uh, gather those possessions and start to using the ball a lot better than he was earlier in the season. So um, yeah, Zach Merritt's showing his class. All right, mate, well why don't we have a break and we'll come back with by the numbers. This is Don's cast, and as we go by the numbers, we always start with number one, Andy McGrath, and I gave him votes, mate. How did you see his game?
1: Yeah, I thought he was pretty solid for us, really. So we got the seventeen disposals in the end, uh, took made four tackles, which is great. Two clearances, three hundred metres gained, and those uh, two goal assists as well. So I thought a really solid game from Andy McGrath. Thought he got out, got sort of shut out a little bit. Uh, didn't have as much impact as he has previously but um, yeah, I thought a pretty good game how about yourself mate?
0: Yeah, well as I mentioned uh, I think you can't just measure him on his stats you got to have a look and see what he's doing around the ground and I think as I said he does a lot of defensive work um, around the ground that, um, you start to see on the camera if you look for it and uh, I think yeah, that's what is, uh makes him such a valuable player to us is the way that he um, does keep a mindful eye on his opponent and uh, yeah he had a pretty good game I thought on the night uh, next player was Tom Bellchambers and we both agreed that Tommy really uh, struggled on the night and uh, yeah he obviously was, uh, gave up those free kicks we mentioned but uh, more than that he just unless he's the number one ruckman he's always going to struggle in my eyes especially with his age and uh, the body that he has now
1: yeah, absolutely, mate. So he got the three disposals in the end. One mark, nine hit-outs, um, but for his three disposals, minus 30 metres gained. So uh, didn't give us too much, but did have one goal assist. But um, no, we, if you're going to play a bloke like that, you need more from him. And certainly, oh, like it's not a lack of effort on this occasion from Bell Chambers, I think... um. You know, it's just not a role that's suited to him. He's not agile enough to give you much around the ground. So if you're expecting him to be, I don't know, a tall marking forward or, or whatever, he's just not that uh, and really hasn't been for for a lot of years. So, um, yeah, like a, I'd have to say a, not a great game from Bell Chambers, uh, but I think that's more of the role uh, than his effort on the night.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, as As we always say, it's not effort... It's just he's not up to it anymore in terms of getting around the ground as he once did, and if he's not going to have those number one ruck duties, then it's pointless playing him. It was probably an opportunity to give Phillips a go. I think you know McKernan quite rightly was dropped or omitted. Um yeah, he hasn't put the runs on the board, but I think uh, even though Phillips isn't known as a big key forward. I think he's more adept at being able to get around the ground and being able to assist. And uh, I'd be interested to see if he gets a run this week. Uh, the next player was Darcy Parish. We both gave him votes. We mentioned how uh, good his hands are. How, what anything else you want to add about Darcy Parish? No, nah, mate. Just his like. I think his his next stage
1: of progression will be to actually start getting his kicking a lot better. Like, he only had the six kicks on the night, and you'd have to say, if we're honest, his kicking isn't great. Um, so uh, that'll be his next stage of development. Uh, but I'm really pleased with how he's able to read the footy and get there at the contest. So, uh, yeah, I reckon a great game from Dasher Parish.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting one. I was going to say that uh, it's funny because he's a pretty good shot for goal, but he's not a great kick on the run. And uh, as you say, that's probably the time we need to see is uh that development of backing himself in a bit more and you know getting him to get those 30 meter passes if he can get them right and hit a leading up forward uh that would be great and I think that'll be good for the team as well but yeah Darcy I thought he's had pretty good season in development and I think he'll take leaps and bounds next year uh Kyle Langford I thought his hands were great on the night he um Took a number of key marks that you know, weren't easy. He had body pressure on him and he took them. Uh, he made a couple of errors in terms of decision making you know, with those handballs. But I thought overall, uh, wrapped up his season a bit. It was very consistent and uh, a worthy addition to the side. Yeah, I thought it was a
1: solid game from Langford. Had the 13 disposals, uh, four kicks only though with nine handballs. And for mine, I'd like to see him kicking a lot more because he is a real good user of the footy. And, you know, I think he's definitely one where he has overused the handball there. But as you say, he had uh, four marks, two clearances, which was good. Uh, 134 metres gained for us on the night. Uh, would like to see him uh, use the ball uh, a bit better. And I actually like the, the Bombers to actually look for him a bit more because we need the ball in the hands of those who can use it really well. And I think Langford's definitely one of those for us. Um, but I think his application at the contest today, uh, last night, was, was actually quite good.
0: Yeah, he's a pretty reliable shot for goal, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I mean, I didn't get one last night, but, um,
1: you know, he is, like, he's he's one that, if we do get him up forward, um, you know, he's, you can almost rely on him, he's a bit of a dead-eye dick.
0: Definitely. Uh, Dev Smith, he came back into the side and had his most possessions for the season, and, um, you yeah, know, they were pretty short passes generally, but... I thought he moved a lot better than he had been.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He was able to cover so much more of the ground. So the twenty seven disposals, as I mentioned before, um and that four hundred and fifty eight metres gained stat um is what sort of um put him into my votes for mine because, you know, in a game where we weren't able to use the footy a lot and certainly weren't able to break Richmond's press, I thought that consistent ability to keep the ball going forward for us, uh, was actually pretty good from, from Smith. He was down on his tackle numbers for only the two tackles, uh, but as I say, he looked to be moving a lot better. Uh, so I thought it was really promising signs from Dev and, uh, yeah, pretty good game from him.
0: Yeah, I think that week off really freshened him up and uh, he seemed to be labouring just before the break, um, before that game he had off. And yeah, maybe the club needs to manage him a little bit better um, especially with these short game breaks coming up. So you kind of pick which games you want him to play in and not you know chuck him in three games over two weeks. But uh, that'll be an interesting decision going forward for the club. The next player was Zach Merritt. We gave him best on. Yeah, again, he just accumulated the ball, uh, used it well, and you know his tackling efforts was there on the night as well. Something that I thought has dropped off a little bit off his game, uh, but I thought he he started to return to that today on the um on the night.
1: Yeah, he did, mate. I mean, not much more to add for mine. Uh, an absolute gun. I'm really glad he's been able to string together quite a few games where he has been able to perform so well for us. That's really promising signs from him, and uh, looking forward forward
0: to uh, many years to come in the red and black. Definitely, um, Marty Gleeson. Uh, he seems to have lost all confidence in his kicking uh he really goes short i notice every time he gets the ball and yeah he, he like i don't think he did anything uh dramatically wrong but i don't know he just doesn't seem like he's at his best this season yeah i think you're right James like he's he's not taking
1: the game on as he once did and that's what we loved about him uh those years back because he did take the game on he he'd cut the lines with uh some precision kicking um you know he's lost a little bit of zip in his run, so he had the thirteen disposals in the end. Seven of those kicks, uh, three marks, two tackles, uh, had a clearance. But as I say, like short sort of disposals uh, for most of the game. Two hundred and thirty-eight meters gained in the end, um, and really, for mine, uh, he's not having the impact he certainly did have those years back. And I, I think we've got guys who can sort of play that role. Uh, a bit A bit better now um, Like I, And this is not to say that Marty Gleeson can't play that That role really well It's just right now When he's down on confidence He's not giving us uh, I suppose What we need From that uh, Sort of halfback Position And uh, You know I think he His position in the side Might be up for grabs And um, Yeah so we'll, we'll see how Marty goes throughout the season But I thought he was Um uh, uh, a very average game from him last night. How about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, well, he, he was forced to play a little bit as a tall, I noticed, because obviously with Francis off, and he's not a t- strong man, obviously, we know with Marty, uh, but he he has got a bit of height on him. And there was a couple of times I saw him actually standing right next to Rewild, and I was a bit worried. But, um, you know, you'd have to say that as a combined, the back line did quite well considering the pressure they're under. And um, yeah, I'm sure he assisted with that. But yeah, he just for mine, he just seems like he's lost lost a lot of confidence with that leg. He had a kick, and um, that's his decision making is affected by that. You can always almost tell he wants to give off a handball or a very short pass. So um, I think if Marty's going to get back to his best form, he has to find confidence being able to use the ball. Uh, Dylan Shearer. I didn't think it was a terrible game by Dill, but um, it just was a game that he wasn't able to get the full capacity. He seemed to be standing next to Martin a lot, but without actually trying to tag him. Yeah, I think with
1: Shield, he was pretty well held for the night. I think Richmond just structured up in a way that didn't allow Dill and Shield to get much of the footy. Uh, Started to get a little bit more in the second half, but um, yeah, as I said, he was well held by Richmond. Had the 17 disposals in the end, 11 kicks, four marks, which was good. uh a tackle and had a couple of clearances. Uh, 450 meters gained, so he's uh, you know at least tried to get the ball forward for us. But um, yeah, really didn't have much impact. But um, yeah, certainly not a, a poor performance from from Dylan. I thought I thought he was uh, you know solid, but uh, yeah, Richmond just just played all over
0: him. Yeah, well, and. Interesting, we may as well ask this question while we're here. Uh, We're almost two years into the Dylan Shield acquisition. How would you rate those two years, mate, considering how much money we're paying him? uh, Can you see the benefits of having Dylan at Essendon? I
1: can absolutely see the the benefits. I mean, his, his burst run is brilliant. There were a couple of bits of play there where Dylan Shield was able to sort of grab the ball and he really busted his gut to break free of the lines and was able to get through... Uh, but just the way we structure didn't allow him to sort of uh, get the ball uh, to our forwards to any real fantastic effect. But to be honest with you, mate, I think he's sort of a... Like, while last year, the disappointing thing with Dylan is he uh, he was very gun-shy, didn't like to have a ping at goal where he had plenty of opportunities, Uh, and then when he did have the opportunities, he'd often miss. So, um, like, I think, you know, this year... He's looked a lot more solid, but he's been a victim where he's had to play the big-bodied mid role. And as I sort of said in previous podcasts, I don't think that's actually his role. He's a big er body in terms of our lineup, but uh, certainly that's not the role I think he's, he's for. I think he's more of an outside mid personally. Uh, and he definitely misses having blokes like Heppel and, and Stringer in there uh, who can actually use their bodies to, to give him a bit of space and that's where he'll be able to use his running carry a bit more uh, when he's the bloke getting the ball from these blokes. Um, you know, your he, he tractors or trucks, if you will, in the in the center there to get him the the ball. So I don't put it all on Shield's head. I think um look while you know we'd certainly like improvement in you know his ability to get dangerous, his his kicking, uh he has improved that this year, uh, but I think there's still a lot more room for improvement with regard to his kicking. Um, but really it's our structures and our lack of a a decent forward line at the moment uh, that's sort of making him uh, not look as effective as he has been on the game. Uh, That's my opinion. Um, What about yourself, mate? How do you see it?
0: Well, you're spot on. I think what he needs is a bigger body in there to help him as well. I think uh, there's too much work for him to take um, when he gets heavily tagged, and that's why I'd like the club to explore... Obviously, we'd, in a perfect world, get Dyson Heppel back, but I'd be definitely asking the question of a uh, Ollie Wines or something like that, to, who can do the tough and gritty stuff, and then release Dylan. And that's the kind of thing we need to look for players that can assist the players that we've already got there. And I hope uh, the club's spending plenty of time doing that because um, yeah, it's certainly needed, uh, especially if we want to make a tilt eventually of. Uh, building for a flag we we need to find those missing pieces uh next player was aaron francis and he had a bad night in terms of injury he picked up an injury but yeah i think in a way he's probably lucky he got that injury in a way because i think um tom lynch was going to carve him up um just the way that he was and probably since he went off uh it was forced Hurley to go on to lynch and that kind of uh, was a good move for the club I think and uh, yeah let's hope uh, Francis isn't out for too long but yeah he started the game pretty shaky apart from that one time where he took the game on and got the ball and uh, did the instinct thing and that's what you were talking about before mate I think Aaron Francis is a very good instinctive player but um, you're giving too many protocols and things to think about I think that's when he goes to water a bit Um, He seems to get confused and have brain fades. But, um, yeah, I think if uh, the club lets him play more instinctively, uh, we'll see the best out of Aaron.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, disappointing he got that injury. Did look shaky early. But, I mean, in saying that, he's um, had sort of some big roles earlier on this year uh, where he sort of looked shaky early and then sort of come good. Um, So, yeah, it was just disappointing he got that injury. Let's hope he's not out for too long. Um, But... Yeah, not much more you can say about a bloke who uh, got injured early.
0: Oh, then we had, uh, of course, Ridley, who was fantastic on the night. Um, did a lot right, and you know, those intercept marks that we're starting to become accustomed to. Uh, he's great kicking, and yeah, he's just a great asset for the club. Yeah,
1: he is, mate. Uh, interestingly, he played 100% of game time, uh, so didn't didn't take a rest all game. So let's hope he freshens up. For the next game against the Hawks. Because we'll certainly need him. But um, another fantastic game from Ridley.
0: Yeah and uh, there was a rumour going around. That he might pull out of the side. So thankfully that wasn't true. And uh, as you said he played 100% of the game time. So with the Francis injury. It forced him to play the whole match. And obviously says a lot about his conditioning. Uh, The next player was uh, James Stewart. And yeah he, he was largely unseen um due to the ball not being able to get into our forward line but he had a good third quarter where he kicked a couple of goals and took that big mark yeah absolutely and again he's he's another victim of uh,
1: like our sort of poor structures and ability to get the ball forward to him so uh, had the nine disposals in the end five kicks uh four marks which is great to see had uh had the two goals as you say and uh Yeah, I actually quite like his energy around the, uh, sort of ball there, and towards the second half, he even got, uh, he sort of ran up the ground a bit, and tried to affect a few contests, um, you know, used that big frame of his, but he was just being manhandled the, the whole time, but, um, good signs from Jimmy Stewart, and let's hope he continues to build, uh, for the remainder of the season, and, um... Yeah, sort of cement a sort of spot on the side going into
0: 2021. Yeah, definitely. Um, Michael Hurley, uh, I thought he was pretty good on the night. He might not have got the pos- possession rate that he usually gets, but uh, we can't underestimate he did a good job on Lynch when he was forced to go to him. Absolutely. He uh, he was obviously given up a bit of size on, on Lynch as
1: well, but he's actually uh, still pretty bloody strong, hurls and... Uh, 14 disposals, 12 of those kicks, and he got 348 metres gained for us, so he got the ball out of the back line there. had a clearance himself, uh, had the four marks, so a couple of those intercept marks. Um, played 90% of game time, so let's hope he, he has a um, sort of good rest because uh, he'll definitely have earned it. Uh, so a really solid game from Hurley, and he just structures it up so well, particularly losing Francis Early. As you say, he was forced to go on Lynch. And did that job
0: uh, really well, um, so yeah, another great game from him. Yeah, and I think you'll be looking forward to Carl Hooker maybe coming back next week and pairing him up with his old mate because, um, yeah, like said, he he was forced to give him the main main role. And if you cast your mind back to round one, remember he got wrapped up by that um, that new player. I can't remember his name now, but he he kicked like three goals on Hurley, and we were really. Worried about his contested work going forward because, obviously, his body's been beaten up a fair bit. But, um, yeah, I thought he's held up pretty well across the season um, and, certainly, uh, the club has given him the leadership uh, while Heppel's been out, largely. So, obviously, rate him for, in that area as well. The next player was Mozzie and uh, Irving Mosquito. He was uh, great on the night, I thought, and a couple of beautiful goals. Yeah, mate, those two goals were
1: absolutely brilliant and uh, looking forward to many more of those to come from, from Moz. Uh, eight disposes in the end. Actually had the third shot at goal, which which missed, which uh, would have been great to have gone through. Um, but laid a couple of tackles and got a clearance. And like with with Mozzy, Mozzie, um, look, he only played the 67% of game time. So I think, uh, as I sort of mentioned earlier, like his conditioning... Uh, he needs a bit of work. He needs a bit more match fitness, but uh, look, the the energy he brings around the contest is just fantastic. When he is in the contest, he doesn't die wondering. He just throws himself at the at the uh, yeah the player, trying to get away, so trying to lay tackles, um, shepherds anything he can do to impact the contest. So that was really promising signs from him. So um, yeah, let's let's hope
0: for many more games to come from Moz. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next player was Jakey Stringer. It was great to see him back there, but he obviously struggled on the night to find the footy. Uh, but he did kick that nice goal near the end. But, yeah, he'll be better for the run for sure. Absolutely. One thing that was really promising
1: for mine, James, is, like, while he does isn't recorded as having a tackle, uh, his actual application on the ground was was really good. There was a bit of play there where... Um, yeah, Richmond were taking the ball out from the back line. And I think it might have been Bolter uh, that had the footy. And Jakey Stringer just bolted after him. And he, his, like, his run actually looked really strong. He was super quick. Look, he was still five metres off it when Bolter eventually you know got the ball out. But um, it was just really promising to see that his running ability was so strong. So, um, yeah, look, he'll be better for the run. And know, again, you know, from a, a forward line that, uh, you know, didn't have much opportunity on the night because he just couldn't get it down there. Uh, he only had the three disposal, so that output is not reflective of, um, you know, his sort of ability to play on the night. Uh, Kick that goal in the end, as you say. Uh, but as you say, look, uh, yeah, better for the run. Um, I'm hoping... In the games to come, we can see him uh, take a bit more of a role in the midfield again because, um, yeah, certainly if he's not getting the pill down forward, it's great to see him get involved in the in the midfield and uh, yeah, get involved in the game there.
0: Yeah, I thought that was telling that uh, the club didn't back him to at least have a go in the midfield. So I think that uh, says something about his conditioning for that match. So he'll be a player that will just have to work through the games to get his match fitness back. Mason Redmond seemed to move a lot better, I thought. And as you say, he made a lot of um, good tackles and defensive efforts. And his kicking was not too bad on the night either.
1: Yeah, he seemed to really back himself again, which was really great to see. So obviously his confidence uh, gone up a bit. Uh, Twelve disposals on the night, uh, eight eight of those kicks. uh, Took five marks, which was really promising. And six tackles, so his defensive game was much better. I mean, we'd sort of mentioned uh, the last couple of podcasts that it's been really disappointing that um, his competitive side of the game hasn't been there. So this game, he sort of brought that combative edge and uh, really seemed to like he was laying shepherds, he was laying tackles and really tried to get involved in the footy and looked really strong in the contest, which was really promising. So let's hope he continue, continues to develop. Uh so I think a, a pretty solid game from Mason Reuben there.
0: Yeah, that's right. I, I thought he was good on the night and and like he wasn't outstanding, like yeah, to get twelve possessions. But I, I thought his defensive efforts were good and he used the ball a bit better than he had in the yeah, you know, this season and hopefully he, he's starting to recapture that form from last year because he had a really good year last year, I thought, and um, yeah, I'd like to see him improve further again. The next player was Braden Ham, and I thought he struggled on the night. Again, whenever he plays on the bigger bodies, it really stands out. He didn't find a lot of space. No, he didn't, mate. Uh, and to be honest with you,
1: like, so he had 11 disposals. I was pretty surprised he had that many. I didn't think he'd uh, been around the footy that much. Um, you know, five of those kicks, six handballs, uh, four marks, uh which is good, two tackles laid, um, with two hundred and twenty metres gain. So he has tried to play that sort of wingman role, but overall, as you say, he's a very slight frame kid, and you know, the, the Richmond players are too smart and too strong to allow him time and space to uh to use his his leg, which we know is elite. Uh, so, look, he'll be better for the run, though, and I think, you know, while he didn't have that much of an impact on the game, you just have to persist with this bloke because I reckon he'll be uh, an absolute gun uh, as, like, as he continues to build that body and and his confidence on the field. I think he's definitely got the skills for it. So, really looking forward to Ham continuing to develop into the side, and uh, I reckon he definitely uh, should be persisted with and and kept in. How about you, mate?
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I I think for his development and the club's future growth, I'd be playing Bradenham in the rest of the season and getting those last four or five games into him to set him up for next year. And I think that's how the club needs to look at it now. I think the finals are out of reach. So it's now to start preparation for the 2021 season and start playing these players that you think are part of your future. I have no doubt Braden Ham is one of those. The next player was Matt Guelphie, and I thought he played really well in the ninety. Uh, he's not a flashy player, but he did, his defensive efforts were great, and he took a really good mark, um, around the centre-half back mark. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was really good. Yeah, he was, mate.
1: And look, as you say, he's not a flashy player, but he does all the basics. And, you know, he just loved that as a coach. Uh, so had the 19 disposals in the end, so nine of those kicks, uh, 10, 10 handballs, uh, nine marks importantly, so he really threw his body at everything and uh, sort of gave us an option all game. Only recorded as laying the one tackle, but I can assure you, you uh, he definitely threw his body at uh, a lot more contests than that. Uh, one clearance, 265 metres gained, and as you say, look, um, there was that that mark down back which is really important and you know the one thing that you love about Guelph he's he's a bloke that's willing to put his head over the footy uh to to win the contest and get it going our way and he did that a number of times in the night which is really promising so while he might not be uh I suppose best 22 in terms of talent uh his application to the contest cannot be questioned is second to none and, uh, yeah, I thought it was really promising from Guelphie to really take his opportunity at AFL level. And, uh, yeah, I think he definitely deserved to be persisted with also.
0: Yeah, he's a perfect utility player and a player that I think has got a future with the Bonners. Uh, might not always be best 22, but, yeah, you know, he, he won't die wondering. He definitely... Uh, we, we mentioned a few weeks ago he's a bit outclassed by Rankinen, but... Um, I think for him, his effort is always there. Um, And, you know, he has got a a long boot. It's not always accurate. But, um, yeah, he's a player that I like having around the club. I think he could be a player that generally plays that 10 to 15 games a year. Uh, I don't think he'll ever fully be uh, tied down to any one position. I think he is always going to be that utility. And a bit of a spare parts guy, but I, I think he's uh, valuable to us uh, when recalled uh, when uh, called on. The next player was Dylan Clark, and he kicked his first goal for the club. Uh, I didn't see him a lot, mate. How, what was his possession rate on the night?
1: Yeah, so he had the 13 disposals, but uh, you know, 10 of those were handball, so I was in in tight in the contest, so not a lot of impact on the game. Had the three marks, one tackle. Unfortunately, like we'd like to see a lot more from, from a bloke who doesn't have a lot of the pill. Uh, two clearances, but you know, for those 13 disposals, only the 35 metres gained. So, um, yeah, you know, it's good he kicked that goal, but uh, apart from that, not much impact. Uh, that's, I mean, for mine, it's a result of where we're playing him on the ground. I mean, he's more of a, a proper inside mid really, but we're sort of playing him on the flanks and, and that kind of thing, which I don't think is particularly suited for him. Uh, but you couldn't say he played anything better than a sort of very average game for mine.
0: Yeah, he's just yeah you know, those little handballs, you know, when you're getting, talk about 13 possessions and 10 of them are handballs, the way we you play our little handballs are like a metre or two apart, and they happen in quick succession, so uh, even though they've had 13 odd possessions, you don't notice them throughout the game, and He's always going to be a little bit of a liability with his kicking. Um, So I think the club instruct him to handball a lot. Uh, But sometimes the handball's not there and you've just got to get it forward yourself. So that'll be part of his development now is, how does he best use his now winning the ball? And then how does he use it, getting it to either himself using the footy or a ball carrier? And... Um, I'm surprised he just keeps playing these uh, flanks. I'd love to see him get assigned to one player again like he did last year because that was the making of Dylan uh, Clark. So, yeah, I'm not sure why the club are resisting that. Um, As I said, uh, uh, Dusty Martin has chopped us up for a long time. I just don't see why we wouldn't have tried something different and maybe put Clark on him like... Obviously Dusty's quicker than Dylan and he might leave him behind, but at least in a contest, you know Dylan Clark's going to stick to hand and um, do his best, but yeah, I just think he's a player that is going to have some limitations, but he's with us next year. We know that. He signed that 2 years deal last year. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he plays right out this season because then I think it's safe to assume he's part of our future plans. Anything else you'd like to ask about? Uh, sorry, say about Dylan Clark? No, mate. Okay. The uh, next player was Sam Draper. I gave him vote. Um, I thought he was really good with his hands, taking marks, and uh, I thought he stopped a few of the forward entries from the Tigers.
1: Yeah, he did, mate. He's so good uh, for mine. Like thirteen disposals from a big bloke is is bloody good. Nine of those kicks, uh, six marks. So as you said, he took a few clunks down back, which are really important. Four tackles though, which was just fantastic to see. Again, he's so agile for a big bloke, and um, you know he just loves throwing himself at the contest. Uh, had fourteen hitouts, um, so you know you'd have to say Richmond had the upper hand in the ruck, but you know he kept at the contest all game. Uh, had the one clearance, um, but you know for mine a, a really uh, good showing from Sammy Draper, and it's just so promising to see him, um, you know, really throw himself at the footy and just get involved anywhere he can. And, uh, yeah, he's got that defensive mindset and, um, yeah, just, just love to see him get out there and play. And, um, yeah. What do you have to add for, for big drapes, mate?
0: Uh, I just, he's going to learn his craft over time. He's got that soccer background, so he'll be, uh, definitely a player that will improve. And I think he'll be a, like a 10 year plus player for us. So, we're gonna have plenty of times to see his development, and um, I think he will be Essendon's number one ruckman. The next player was Will Snelling, and mate, it's similar to many of his games. Uh, he gets in those, you know, 15, 16, 17 disposal games. A lot of them will be handballs, and he usually gets a goal here or there. Yeah, I mean,
1: like he's he's a solid contributor. Um, you couldn't say anything else. Uh, from Snelling. Uh, I suppose the only disappointing thing is he's, he's such a good use of the footy but we're just not using him like that. Um, you know I guess the way we structure doesn't allow us to you know get the ball out to a Snelling to then get into our forward line because I think if we we're able to do that our entries inside 50 would be a lot more effective. But as I say the 17 disposals, uh, 10 handballs of those Four marks, which is good, so he's presenting an option everywhere. Uh Laid the two tackles, so I suppose down from his normal high tackle numbers. Uh, had a clearance and kicked that goal. So, uh I mean, yeah, like it was a solid game from Snelling, but I really couldn't call it anything more than that. How about you, mate?
0: Yeah, I just think he's nearly ready for a rest, I think. Um I'd just like to see us go a lot, another direction for a game or two. Um I just don't think he's impacting you know the the game as much as we'd like. Um he's definitely an effort-based player, so it's not on that. He's just so so similar to what we already have. So in terms of like that height and um he likes to chop in and out of the contested work, but I just think he's um needs a break every now and then and you know we need to freshen him up to get the best out of him. Next player was Adam Saad, and uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty important down back. Did a really good defensive job. Probably wasn't as attacking as we'd like, but uh, defensively he was very good.
1: Yeah, absolutely, mate. Had the 21 disposals, 14 of those kicks. And I think, you know, while he wasn't as attacking as we'd like to see, I think that's a result of how well Richmond structured up in the night. Like, there was no space for him to sort of run and carry the ball through. Uh, and as for our forward line, because we were struggling to get through there, they were sort of dragged up the ground. So even when Saad had the ball and was streaming forward, there was no one to kick to, uh, too deep. So um, I guess that sort of stifled his influence on the game. Uh, had the two marks, laid a tackle, uh, 495 meters gained, which is just fantastic to see. Like he continued to sort of try and get the ball going forward for us, but. As I would say, with the way we uh, were sort of outdone in the structures and how we we're able to use the footy, I think he sort of did as, as well as he could. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, there's not much more you can say about Sadi. He's Mister Dependable. Um, he continues to sort of get that fist in where you need him to, um, and you know, push all game. how do you read his game, mate?
0: Yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, he he. Is such a good player that I think we don't value him as much as we should sometimes, and that's because of his ability to be able to know when to defend and when to attack. Um, he's not as a dashing as we saw at the start of this season and, and most of last year, but I think that's more because he's been assigned uh, key, position, uh, sorry, key defensive posts on their small forwards. Uh, and that's been a need base because every time we don't put him on the opposition's best, they usually bop up and kick a few goals. So, yeah, no, I think he's um, been a good year. And I'll be very interested in the Crichton medal uh, voting, how of coaches see Adam Zard. And I'd be thinking he'd be pushing top five again this year. Next player was... Anthony mcdonald Woody. How could I forget? Um, he was great on the night. Um, yeah, you know, he didn't get a lot of the possessions, but you know, he kicked a couple of goals and really should have had a third, You know, the one that was taken off him. But he seemed to really enjoy the Darwin experience.
1: Yeah, he did, mate. It's just unfortunate that we weren't able to get the ball down to him. So he only had the uh, seven disposals in the end, five of those kicks though. Um, three marks, laid a couple of tackles, uh, had a clearance and one goal assist, which is uh, really good. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he, he definitely is a is a victim of uh, us not being able to get the ball into the forward line. And, you know, late in the game, we sort of tried to put him in the midfield a bit, but, um, yeah, sort of wasn't able to have a, a huge influence there. But, um, yeah, look, a solid game from Tipper. Like, any time when a small forward can kick a couple of goals, you would be happy with that. Um, so let's hope he... Uh, sort of continues to grow from there
0: Definitely, alright, well I think that's the end of it isn't it mate?
1: That wraps us up for that mate
0: <laughs> Yeah, I'm usually uh, waiting for either uh, Sean McKernan or Connor McKenna or Mitch Hibbert but none of them played on the night so that wraps it up so we can have a break and we'll come back, we'll come back with our predicted side for the team to be named against the Hawks next uh, Thursday night You're listening to Don's Cast. And as we wrap up the show, we're going to finish uh, with a bit of a match prediction in terms of who's going to be named uh, for the team to play against uh, Hawks. on Wednesday night will be named, but we play on Thursday. So our next show will be on Wednesday night. So, mate, who have you got coming in and out? Yeah, well, a couple of outs, I suppose, are the easy, easier ones to pick. Uh, I think
1: Francis will come out, obviously, with that hamstring. Uh, Bell Chambers, I see coming out again. Like he, he was very down on the night; You couldn't say he was able to impact the game to any great extent. And that um, the two rucks, like Bell Chambers, Draper combo, just doesn't work. Uh, so I see those two coming out. But also, I think Gleeson uh, might come out and again. That sort of um, that lack of confidence he's got in his game and our sort of depth down back. I think he'll um, come out of the side. Coming in a couple of big ins um, for mine, so I mean, hopefully uh these blokes come in. But I see Kyle Hooker coming back, which, as you mentioned earlier, mate um, Hurley will be a uh, big, big fan of that uh, if he can get in. Uh, and we may even see the return of Joe Danner. Will uh, um, be great to see him up and about, and I think he would be able to uh, assist in the in the ruck with. Uh, you know, with Draper a lot more effectively than we might with with Bell Chambers. Uh failing Danaher coming up, you know, I think a uh sort of um oh shit what's in that Oh, Phillips. Yeah I think Phillips would um would come into the side if Danaher is not able to get up. Uh, but for Gleason uh coming out I think you know Connor McKenna if he's uh if he's back and fit uh will will come back into the side. Um I'm really hoping the Connor McKenna as a forward experiment has been scrapped because it certainly wasn't working for us uh, when he was down there. Um, did you have any more changes you would have made, mate?
0: Uh, maybe if Joey's not right, maybe give McKernan one more shot, I'm not sure. Or, as you say, go with Phillips. I think we need to try something different there. Um, the only thing with Phillips, I just don't see him as a a forward that can be as damaging as McKernan, but McKernan's just simply hasn't shown much this year and, you know, you can't keep rolling him out and expecting that to change, so maybe err on giving Phillips a bit of a go. I thought Begley was a little bit uh, unfortunate to be dropped straight after coming back into the side, so he might be looked at, um, you know, to provide something because... Um, he, he did make an error down there in the back line against the Saints, but I thought his effort overall was pretty good. Uh, so we need to assess whether he's part of our future. So I wouldn't mind seeing him get a run again um, if uh, McKenna wasn't to get up. Um, you know, I, I think you know, we need to start looking at some of the players that we're not 100% sold on who's our future. And obviously the club won't publicise that, but internally they would know. And yeah, you know, we need to make some tough calls as the season ends. And best uh, way to make those decisions is by having informed information. And I think that uh, yeah, they should trust some of these boys. They're maybe not you know hundred percent sure on.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that, Jane. Uh You know, for for too long with Essendon we've sort of kept blokes around whether it's. We do the old um, drop him to the rookie list, then back to the senior list sort of trick. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. If we're really to go forward as a club, we need to find out who's up to it, who isn't. And the only way to really do that is to test them at AFL level and in a position. I mean, for mine, like a bloke like Dylan Clark, for example, um, you can't you know, play him on the flanks um, and expect him to know that role inside and out where he's been sort of developed as a inside mid uh through the vfl up until this year so uh if we can play these blokes in their roles and actually find out what their roles are i mean you look at guys like kobe much uh, he's a good runner but what's the role he plays uh what's his point of difference really so i think there'll be a few decisions to make uh and some players going into next year um and as you say uh, only way you're going to find out about him is you play him, um, and yeah, you know, given that finals are out of reach for us this year, uh, now's the time.
0: Yeah, that's right, and yeah, uh, you know, it would be so exciting if Joey did get named next week and actually played. You know, there was some reports last week that basically said he didn't want to play for the club, but um, John Walswold said after the presser, or during the presser, he said Danaher definitely wants to play, so. Um, if you take John on his word um, maybe he was just being cautious going up to Darwin and maybe to have set him for this Hawks game and it would be great to watch him alright well that will wrap up the show mate Um, we've got a few days until Wednesday when the side will be named Uh, could be an exciting week if we hear Joey's definitely playing and Cale Hooker's back but until then go Bombers
1: go Dons